Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Well, tonight we start with part one of a three-part series on prayer matters. And so the objective of this study basically is to remind us of the significance of prayer, to reveal the importance of prayer, to hopefully reignite our hearts towards prayer and the discipline of prayer, so that we can realize that prayer matters and that not only does prayer matters, but God wants us to be praying people, amen? Amen. Prayer is in fact a privilege for the believer, really it is. And it's also a lifeline for us. But however, even though prayer is a privilege and prayer is a lifeline, it is often a neglected privilege because Today, for many, prayer has really become a cliche. And what I mean by that is, it's very common to find non-believers, as well as believers, saying, I'll pray for you. You talk to somebody, oh, I'll pray for you. Oh, I'll pray. I'll pray about that. I'll pray. And the reality is, many times we say that so much. How many of you have been guilty of saying that, but yet not really taking the time out to really pray for someone, right? Amen. And so we need to understand that without prayer, our lives are ineffective. We're spiritually anemic without prayer. And prayer is very important to the life of a believer. As a matter of fact, I want to read you this quote by Peter Kreeft. He's an author and professor of theology, and he made this observation concerning prayer. He said, I strongly suspect that if we saw all the difference, even the tiniest of our prayers to God make, and all the people those little prayers were destined to affect, and all the consequences of those prayers down through the centuries, we would be so paralyzed with awe at the power that we would be unable to get up off of our knees for the rest of our lives if we understood just how significant prayer really is. Amen. In Luke chapter 1, and you don't have to turn there, but the disciples asked Jesus a question, and you can write it down and look it up later for yourself. But they walked with Jesus, they spent time with him, they saw a lunch turn, be multiplied and feed 5,000. They saw blinded eyes open. They saw people who couldn't walk, walk. And yet in all of that, seeing the miraculous as they walked with Jesus on the earth, in this chapter, the scripture tells us that they asked Jesus a question. And the question that they asked him is they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. So beyond the manifestation of the miracles that they saw, what they also saw in the life of our Savior is dependency and intimacy that he had towards his Father. 
and how they watched and saw him occasionally pull off time to pray. So I want us to look at this in the life of our Savior. Turn first to Mark chapter 1 as we look at some examples in Scripture. Mark chapter 1. And let's start at verse 32. And when you're there, say amen. Still here, a few more pages. All right, Mark chapter 1, verse 32. When evening came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, while it was still dark, y'all, <laughs> left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And we see there in his life prayer, right? Turn over to John chapter 5. As stated, the disciples saw his life of prayer. They saw his dependency upon the Father. And so I want us to look at these references for ourselves. John chapter 5. Let's look at verse 19 and 20. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. We see the dependency. Turn over to John chapter 14. Starting at verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative. But the Father abiding in me does his works. So we see Jesus praying. We see that Jesus explains to his disciples that everything he did was a result of what the Father had said to him. He did what the Father called him to do. He went where the Father directed him to go. And so we see in his life, we see him praying. We see that prayer is important to our Savior. And we also see that as a result of prayer, that he depended, he lived in union with the Father, only doing what the Father directed and allowed and led him to do. 
Now, interesting, over in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus takes the disciples with him to pray. This was when Jesus was praying about his assignment before he was going to the cross. And the scripture tells us that while Jesus was praying, he came back three different times to check on the disciples. And each time, wouldn't it be great if it one of those times at least he found them praying? But it says three times they were asleep. Three times while he's praying about this assignment that's before him. Verse 41, write this down, Matthew 26, 36 to 45. I'm only going to read verse 41. Jesus said to them, are you still asleep? And then he says, keep watching. In other words, be alert. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation, that you may not give in to temptation. So prayer matters, right? He said, be alert. Keep watching. Keep praying that you may not enter into temptation. Then he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. If we can see in scripture that our Lord and Savior saw it important to pray, saw that it is important to live in union with Father God, then how much more should prayer matter in your life, in my life? How much more should we be yielded and surrendered to this aspect of seeing the significance of prayer in our lives. If he prayed before he did ministry and after he did ministry, if they saw him at times before a miracle would happen, extending his hands and talking to God in heaven, how much more should prayer matter for you and I? And he, they asked him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lift your hands right now. That's a good prayer for us to pray. Repeat after me. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, help us. Teach us to depend on you. Lord, help us. Teach us to be alert. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Lord, teach us to pray. Prayer is not one of those disciplines that you and I should become so familiar with that we think that we don't have to ask him to teach us to pray. Because just as they were asking, there were things they wanted to understand about this discipline. And there are things that I believe Father God wants to speak to us concerning this aspect of prayer. Hebrews chapter 4, let's look at verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. And somebody ought to say glory to God but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, 
Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The King James says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. But I love this because it says, let us draw near with confidence, therefore, therefore based on what? Based on the fact that we have a high priest, right, who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but the one who has been tempted in all things he didn't sin, Therefore, based on that, we can draw near to the throne of God in confidence. Hallelujah. Receiving mercy and grace in our time of need, for our time of need. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say that we'll receive what we want and ask for in this verse? Come boldly to the throne of grace. Draw near in confidence, but then look what it says, that we will receive mercy and we'll find grace to help in our time of need. So there are some times when we go boldly to the throne of grace that we're not always going to walk away with the answer or the solution that we thought would be best for us. Sometimes, according to the word of God, we may receive grace to help us in that time, in that place, grace sufficient to what we're going through, amen? amen? Remember the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians talked about an issue that he had. And it said that three times he prayed for that thorn in the flesh to be removed, right? So that meant that it was important to him. He prayed three times. But the response that God gave him here again was what? My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. That's what he said. Now, see, this is what I want to say when we look at this topic, prayer matters. As I said, we may not get the answer that we're looking for. He gives us grace to help us while we're in that challenging, difficult place. Hallelujah. But I believe many times the reason we don't pray like we should the reason we pray less or the reason we only tend to pray maybe in times of crises is because you and I want what we want when we pray, right? We want what we want and we want it how we want it. And so what happens? If we don't get the answer that we thought we should be getting based on the time that we put into prayer, then discouragement sets in, and then there's a tendency to do what? To pray less. Why? Because we spent time praying after all. Things haven't turned out the way I thought they would have turned out by now. I didn't get it the way that I thought I would get it. It didn't come through for me the way that I was believing I would get it. And so even in the life of a believer, if we're not careful, we can place our focus on what's not happening the way we wanted it to happen. And as a result, we find ourselves praying less. But prayer matters. And because it matters, we can never afford to find ourselves in a place where we're praying less, people of God. 
God desires that we're in intimate communion and fellowship with him, even when the outcome is not what you and I desires. See, the issue about prayer is that prayer is about God's agenda. And when we start praying less, then guess what? We won't know what his agenda is. And as long as we're praying about our agenda, then here again, we can't see and know what God's agenda is for our life in that situation. So it's never really about us, and I know we hear that, but we're so tempted always to go back to a place where we make it exactly about us. I remember some years ago, um, a couple of challenges actually, but one in particular, one was a health challenge, but one was I had this growth on my forehead, and at the time I really didn't know what it was, it kind of popped up one day, and I don't even remember, to be perfectly honest with you, if I took the time to even pray about it. I just remember the, the growth was there on my forehead. And what was so odd to me in that season was, even when I went to the doctor, like say for a routine checkup, none of them ever said anything about the growth that was on my head. So when I got into a situation to say, okay, I think I'm gonna start praying about this, because what I would do when I went to my hairstylist, I would just kind of put my hair and swoop it, and I would swoop it like that so that you couldn't see this big old thing sitting on my head. And so, then I said, I'm going to pray about it. And I would put the oil on it and lay hands on it, speak in tongues, and growth be gone in Jesus' name. You know, and I, I mean, you all are laughing, but I had faith that this growth was going to just miraculously overnight, I would go, get up the next day, look in the mirror, peep like this, lift it up, and I was just expecting it to be gone. Because the Bible says, right, that we can ask God, we can pray, we can believe. And so that's what I did. And I did it, 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 and I did it. And I prayed it, and I prayed it, and I looked, and I looked. And then one day I thought, well, you know, maybe it's really not God's will for me to have this thing off my head. Right? But the reality was this. At that point that I kind of came to that conclusion, it was also like I was saying, well, I really don't need to pray about this anymore. Right? Still there. In other words, prayer doesn't really matter anymore about this. I can get on to praying about something else. You know, it was so strange in that season of my life. When I got to that place, I remember having a doctor's appointment, not even for this totally a routine checkup. And this particular doctor said to me, he said, oh, I see you have a lipoma on your head. I never knew it had a name prior to that. And I was like, what? What is a lipoma? He said, well, it's a benign tumor. It's a fatty tissue. And so at that point, he said, if you'd like to have it removed, he said, he pulled out a card, he said, I can refer you to a doctor who can assist you with that. Now, I share this to say this thing right here about how prayer matters. I didn't get the desire that I hoped for, because what I hoped for was that it would just be gone, right? 
That was the way I saw things. Isn't that how we do with prayer? We come and we have it all laid out on the menu of how it's supposed to pan out. And if it don't pan out that way exactly, then we just somehow get discouraged about prayer and we tell ourselves it doesn't matter as much. But it did matter. And what mattered most is what God was doing in me in that time. Because it wasn't just as you and I think about the desired outcome. See, that's where we're stuck when it comes to prayer. For us, it's always about the desired outcome. Nothing else. God, I need more money. Give me more money. I need a better job. Give me a better job. Fix my husband. Fix my wife. Fix my kids. That's what we want. Just give us the results. Heal my body, Lord. Remove that thing off my head. You can do it. And so we tend to make it all about us. Bless us, better this, bigger this, more that. Now don't get me wrong. We are blessed people. And God desires to bless his people, but prayer matters beyond you and I getting what we want. And if we only stop there with our wish list, how, how shallow would our lives be? Just think about it. If only thing we can do is pull out our list, put it in, send it through the drive-thru on speed dial, and say, God, this is what I need, this is what I want, we're good to go. No. He's out to do something in us. And in that process, that's what I discovered. I discovered God has a plan. It's not always the way we want it. But the outcome was the same. And then I had a decision to participate with what was offered to me. Not in the way that it came, but in the, you know, not in the way that I wanted it, but in the way that it was being presented to me. So I don't know what God's plan is for your life, but I know this. There are three components that you and I all have in common when it comes to the word of God that God is looking for and why prayer matters. Number one, prayer matters because God wants the glory. Prayer matters because God wants the glory. Look at the person next to you and say, God wants the glory from your story. Find somebody else and say, God wants the glory from your story. Turn to John chapter 14 real quick. Hallelujah. John chapter 14. And if you're there, say amen. All right, I'm going to have to start without you for the sake of time. <laughs> Write the verse down. Starting at verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. And isn't it funny? We have all these verses we just love and lift right on out of the, the Bible, and they're our favorite verses, right? Look at verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. We love that verse. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. But look at this, and I love it. If you look at the, um, the epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote, and we're going to look at some of his prayers in the upcoming week. But many times when he presents something, he gives us the answer. He says, so that. But look at this in verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that. The next part is important. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Right? So Jesus tells us to ask in his name, 
But understand something, that when we ask, the answer is always the objective is tied to him being glorified. Always. So we can kind of go get wilded out and think we can ask this and ask that and ask about this and ask about that. The issue is, in what we're asking for, will it glorify Jesus? Is this going to bring him glory? Why? Because God wants to get glory from your story. So if it's not just something that's going to bring glory to yourself, the question is that what I'm asking, will it bring glory to God? John chapter 11, write it down, verse 4. Remember, Lazarus was sick. The sisters prayed. They sent word to Jesus. What did he say to them in verse 4? He says, this sickness is not to end in death. That's what he said. Look at somebody and say, what you're going through, it's not, not going to destroy you. Tell them, but it's really for the glory of God. It's really so that God can get glory from your story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Prayer matters. It doesn't matter so much for the reasons that you and I tend to think, but he's out to get glory from our lives. Amen. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. And earlier I mentioned that when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus presents to them a model of prayer, not something that we have to do ritualistically, but he presents a model. And I really want to look at the model in Matthew chapter 6 as we look at our next point. Matthew chapter 6. Let's start at... Mm, verse 9. Yep, yep, let's start at verse 9. Actually, let's start at verse 8. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Verse 9, pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Let's stop right there. Remember I said there are three components to why prayer matters. Okay, so that we can see God's glory. And secondly, so that we can see God's kingdom come. God's kingdom come. Kingdom, the Greek word basileia. It means the rule, the reign, the authority of God. God wants you and I to see in our situations, in our story, he wants his rule, his reign to be there. Tell the person next to you, turn your reins in. Tell somebody, just go ahead and turn your reins in. Turn all that you're trying to do, the way you're trying to manipulate situations and get it done. Say, turn your reins in because Basilea, guess what? God's kingdom come. God is out to see his rule, his reign in our situations, in our lives. Can he be seen through what's going on in your life right now? Or is the only thing emanating from you and I fear and distress and now we're just depressed and we're discouraged. What is happening? No, he wants to be able to see his kingdom. Remember earlier I said everything is about God's agenda, his kingdom agenda. So it may not look good, whatever is happening in your world right now. It may not feel good, 
It just may look a complete mess right now. But one thing, according to the word of God, that we have the assurance of is when we pray, prayer always matters because God wants us to see his kingdom come, his rule, his reign, his way of doing things. And we don't always see his kingdom. What we often see when we're discouraged by prayer is we see our flesh. And when we show up in the marketplace, even though the kingdom of God is on the inside of us, we go bearing the issues of our life. But he said, when you pray, you ask for my kingdom to abide, my kingdom to come, my kingdom to rule and reign in what's happening in your heart and in your life. That as you walk and as you go through life in this journey and you have things that happen in your world, that we don't pull back and we're not shrinking back because even through it all, the rule and reign of the kingdom is being evident and people can see that we're becoming more like him in spite of it all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lastly here, because I want us to pray. The third thing that needs to be seen and why prayer matters not only does God want to see his glory in our story, not only should we be praying and seeing and asking that his rule and his reign and his kingdom would come, but the next part of that verse is very critical, especially to prayer. It says, thy will be done. Now, you know what? When we pray that, we say it very eloquently, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in Jesus' name. Let me help you understand something, what this means for us. Prayer matters because what we're asking is, God, your will be done. We're asking sincerely, Lord, not my will, not the way I think things should happen, but I want your will. And see, when we really desire God's will, that means some things may have to be stretched out of place a little bit. You may have to deal with some discomfort for a little while, right? Because when you say, God, your will be done. You see, our will isn't going to make us uncomfortable, certainly not. Our will is going to have our arms filled with everything we asked for and more. Your will be done. Your will, God. Your will in my marriage, God. Your will in my finances. Your will in this church. Your will be done. Your will in my children's life, God. Your will in the marketplace. Your will be done in the community, God, that I live in. Your will. See, we don't think like that. We say, give us what we want, Lord. Why you answer my prayer, God? Lord, I pray. Your will be done. And sometimes when we pray that prayer, understand something. Things that we thought 
should happen at a particular time may not. Why? Because we've asked and we've invited his will to be done in our lives. I mentioned the Apostle Paul earlier. You got to see this. Turn over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And remember, I mentioned him and I said that he had prayed three times for his situation, right, to change. You think if he prayed three times for his situation to change that he really didn't want to be in that situation? Of course. He was asking God to remove this thorn, right? But we said earlier that God's response to it was what? My grace is sufficient. The thing about this that I find so interesting, and another reason why it's important that we understand that prayer matters, is because, see, while we're praying for just something to happen, God uses prayer to change our hearts, to align our hearts, to put us in sync with what he's doing. Look at this right here, which I just said, wow, Lord Jesus. Look at verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, concerning this, he's speaking about the thorn. He said, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness. Look at this next part. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Look at somebody next and say, when's the last time you prayed that prayer? Look at verse 10. I knew it was going to get real quiet in here when we looked at this verse. Now, that's not what I'm looking for. Look at verse 10. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses. What? I am well content with insults. I am well content with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulty. Why? For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now let me tell you something. You have to be a person of prayer to come to that place. I'm just saying. And that's why prayer is important in our lives. Because when's the last, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that I am weak. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, when you going to turn this thing around, right? Because we learn to make prayer about what you and I want. But what I want to close with before we pray is to ask you this. Have you ever considered, just for a little bit, that prayer matters not because you and I get the answers that we want, but because God gets a chance to do what he wants to do in us? Because God has an opportunity to change us to cause us to become conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing that we never really quite think that way about prayer? Because we're in such a rush doing what? 
saying, God, do it, fix it, make it happen. But I want to say to you, no matter what you're dealing with tonight, maybe things don't look the way you desire them to look at this season of your life. Maybe you have a list and things just haven't seemingly gone in your favor. I don't want you to become discouraged to the fact that you pray less, but I'm encouraging you to pray more because prayer matters. It matters because what you can't see is what the Father is after and what he's doing internally right now on the inside of us. Can you imagine what we forfeit when we stop praying and that is to become more like Christ? Can you imagine that when we just say, you know what, it hasn't worked out the way I thought it will, we forfeit becoming more like Christ. We forfeit growing into the character of who he's called us to be. We forfeit coming to experience and understand his power in ways that, we, that are waiting for you and I that we won't even get to see because we decide to just take our toys and go home. You know how children do, right? Things don't go their way. They take their toys. They don't want to play. Well, as big children, things don't go our way. We decide we don't want to pray. Or we're going to pray less. We're living in a time, people of God, we're like never before. This place should be filled on a Wednesday night. If prayer really mattered, don't get me wrong when I say this because I understand there's schedules and things that go on in people's lives. So let me put that out there to help you. I know that. But what I'm saying is when we really understand the power of prayer and what God wants to do in our lives and in this church and that God wants the glory, that God wants to see his kingdom come. See, that's just not a cute little prayer that we pray. That's a prayer that we ought to be praying and looking for the manifestation of his reign in our lives. That God wants to see his will be done. There are things that you're asking for and God has something so much better. Because it's all about his will. Stand to your feet. Pastor Ivan had us stretch our hands earlier to the back wall. And I was going to do that this evening. But you know what? Instead, we're going to pray for ourselves. And I'm going to invite you, whether you want to come to the altar, whether you want to kneel at your seat, whether you want to stretch your hands, Tonight we're going to close in prayer and we're going to pray that God would get the glory from our lives. We're going to pray that we would begin to pray like it really matters based on what God wants to do inside of us. We're going to pray tonight and ask that God's kingdom would be made manifest and rule and reign in our hearts like never before. And that wherever we are, whatever we're going through, that his will would be done. Lift your hands. And if you know, you say, you know what? I know I need to be in a position of prayer and run out of the season. Just come on down here to the altar. Pastor Babs, I'm going to ask you to join me. I see you was about to run to the altar, but the Lord has need of you. The Lord has need of you, brother. Hallelujah.
People of God, praying times. No excuse to not pray. When we said yes to Jesus, we did not say yes based on us getting everything right in our Happy Meal. But we said yes because we know that our God loves us and that his plans are better than anything you and I could ever imagine or put together. Before Pastor Babs prays, I suggest that we take a moment because we know where we are. And some of us need to repent tonight for wanting to have it our way. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location, 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastor's Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.